welcome to Be Bold America. I'm your host, Jill Cody. And it sounds we have, like we have some extra music going on in the background. <laughs> uh, we'll just keep, Christine's looking for it, so we'll, we'll keep going here. Uh, Pettis, hi, uh, are you there? I am, Jill. How are you doing today? I'm good. Do you hear that jazz in the background? Oh, I think Christine found it. <laughs> yeah, I was getting into the groove with it. You were getting in the groove. Well, I'll just say welcome to Be Bold America. I'm your host, Jill Cody, along with my co-host, Dr. Pettis Perry. Hey, Pettis, how are you? I'm doing really well today, uh, Jill, uh, even though it's a rainy, sunshiny day up here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, it's 82 but I feel degrees like... down here, 82 oh, degrees yeah, in Santa Cruz. Neener, 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 <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I think the rainy, sunshiny day is my theme song here in the Pacific Northwest. But I'm really looking forward to hearing what our guest today, uh, Parker Malloy, has to uh, say a little bit later in the show. Me too. For those, yeah, for those of you who are just joining Joining us, our program today is Cancel Culture, Weaponizing Voting, Dr. Seuss, Democrats, and Pizza. In a few minutes, our guest Parker Malloy from Media Matters will be joining the show. But before then, we thought we'd uh, provide you with a little bit of background about cancel culture, what it is, and how Fox News got its start. Our future depends on it. So, my friend Jill... Would you start us off by sharing with us uh, a little bit about what cancel culture is? Well, I'd be happy to, Pettis, because I actually looked it up in Wikipedia, and it said uh, cancel culture is a form, uh, a modern form for ostracism, uh, ostracizing a person or business and social media or in person. But uh, thinking about that um, the last few days, I think it's much more than that. I think it's... it's uh, really trying to take someone off the chessboard. And remember, you and I, Pettis, interviewed Governor um, Don Siegelman last year? I do. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought he was an excellent example of of being canceled because he was uh, went to bed one night. He was winning his uh, re-election. The next morning, many votes were, got, were discovered in the Republican column. And then Carl uh, Rove and the Alabama... Republican Party and a corrupt judge was able to put uh, Governor Siegelman in prison for many years because he was planning to run for president and challenge George W. Bush. So he was just taken off the chessboard. I think that is a, a way that cancel culture has been um, been used. And I, I also believe we need to look at cancel culture through another strategy much more broadly, and that's canceling programs and policies and rights, for example— uh, there's a force building in the country to cancel the voting uh, voting ability of hundreds of thousands of people. You know, Republicans have um, submitted 253 voter-canceling, voter-suppression laws in um, 43 states. And most recently, we heard what was in Georgia. Georgia's been hearing about the most dramatic action where it's now a felony to give somebody water uh, standing in line. But I think the more insidious a change in the law is that uh, they, the Republican state legislature gave themselves the authority to cancel their constituents' votes if they didn't like the election results. So that's not democracy. That's absolute authoritarianism. And uh, thoughts? Did you have something to say? 
No, I was, uh, my mind is beginning to, to uh, wind up here, but go ahead, please. Okay. So also, uh, the state of Tennessee, the Republican late legislature is drafting a law right now to cancel a woman's ability to make a decision about her pregnancy and giving the sole authority to the biological father. Even in the case of rape and incest, even if that biological father is in prison, uh, they would have the total control over what would be happening with that pregnancy. So that's canceling um, uh, equality for for women. And then we've got the, uh, you know, Senate Republicans wanting to cancel the American Recovery Act. I mean, they didn't want to give uh, additional assistance to cities or any funds to businesses or increase um, unemployment benefits. And so, you know, they called it the COVID Act and just said it was 9%. COVID was just 9%, but it's really titled the American Recovery Act, and they all voted no. And, I, and another example is Affordable Care Act. You know, the Republicans, for 60 votes in the Senate to try to cancel the, the uh, BOMACARE, American uh, Affordable Care Act. And two attempts at the Supreme Court. They just wanted to wipe it off the books, just cancel it out. And um, I think also very seriously, uh, Democrats are listed in the title of this program, you know, weaponizing uh, because it's clear that Republicans want to cancel Democrats. I, I remember seeing in the 2016 presidential election, you know, T-shirts that read better Russian than Democrat and better dead than Democrat. And now recently CBS implemented a poll and discovered that Democrats view Republicans as the opposition. But Republicans view Democrats as the enemy and the, the enemy. So what do you do to an enemy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So no, you wipe them out. You wipe them out. You cancel them. And um, so it, it's, it's keeping eyes on what's going on and, and not just the people that they want to cancel. I don't, and, and this isn't a, Democrats aren't doing this. They aren't uh, trying to cancel people's votes. They aren't trying to ruin people's reputations. Uh, like Don Siegelman's, um, I don't know when a Democrat ever took down a governor. Maybe it's happened, but uh, that's you know that's something that um, uh, that we have to watch out for. And so you know, weaponizing cancel culture, you know, it just keeps the money flowing. I think it keeps the eyes, for example, on Fox News or or One America Network or Newsmax. Um, it just keeps the eyes on the network, which means the corporate make, uh, corporate entity makes money and profits. The hosts make more money, and um, and they give it up for telling the truth to benefit the country. Um, they're just made rich by it. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we're we're in a in a dangerous state uh, because we can't tell truth from fiction. Uh, and we have, as you talk about, uh, people that are actively engaged in trying to uh, cancel the ability of any opposition uh, to have a different way of being uh, in terms of which direction the country is going to go uh, go in in the future. Well, let me ask you this about Fox. What is Fox roles? You know, most people don't know, at least I didn't before you told me, Jill, that the idea of a Fox News type organization actually got its start with Roger Ailes in 1968. That blew me away. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, well, in 1968 is when we actually have records and, and uh, documents that show it. I, it might have been tickling in his brain earlier than that. You know, he was uh, Nixon's um, campaign prepper for when Nixon um, 
uh, did the debates on television with uh, uh, John Kennedy. And uh, he was, he started to realize the power of television and its propaganda uh, usefulness. So, you know, back in 1968, Roger Ailes sent then-President then Nixon a two-page memo identifying, listing out 16 strategies to President Nixon on how television could be used as a right-wing propaganda tool. He literally said that, a right-wing propaganda tool. And he said, uh, also, quote, uh, we have no obligation to tell the viewer anything not to our advantage. So, you know, think behind, think between that lines, you know, we don't need to tell them anything that's not to our advantage. Well, what is to Fox News advantage, but as a corporation is making money? And because Roger Ailes hated Democrats, uh, his advantage was using it as a propaganda tool for uh, the Republicans. And his, his, uh, he treated journalism as politics and another way to market right-wing ideology and monetize it. That was very important to him, was to be able to monetize uh, propaganda and uh, Fox News. So his intent from the very beginning was to drive Americans apart. You know, you're, you're on my team. You listen to me, meaning Fox News. Give me your money. You know, just your He created Wedge TV, and he used the airwaves to divide and conquer. That was his goal. That was a, um, the point of Fox News. And um, he believed that viewers didn't want to be informed that they wanted to feel informed. Well, how does one feel informed? Maybe knowing something others don't, but that something more and more has been built on lies. So um, it, it got its roots in, six, in 1968. Now, President Nixon had his own problems, as we all know, and it never got started. Uh, he actually wanted it to be in the White House uh, when he proposed it to President Nixon. But after Nixon, he found another, he found a billionaire, you know, Roger, um, I mean, um, Rupert Murdoch. And Rupert Murdoch was able to lose money for a long time and buy deals with uh, cable companies to have it uh, listed in packages. And so everybody had it available. And it lost money for years, but they didn't care. So creating Fox News was, uh, was always meant to be a propaganda cash cow. Wow, that's a, a very uh, powerful story. Uh, it's one that I think I'm going to look uh, more deeply into uh, some of those facts that you stated. Well, one of the I read the book cover to cover, and it's uh, uh, one of them was the uh, the loudest voice in the room, which was Gabe uh, Sherman, and it was made into a Showtime uh, with Russell Crowe playing. Uh, I think Russell Crowe was playing. Yes, uh, played Roger Ailes was made into a Showtime special, but that book is a tome. You know, it's huge, and it's documented, and it has many interviews with former Fox News employees. And then the other book um, that also uh, explains all this is Hoax uh, by Brian uh, Stelter. Just I've for seen future his. reading. <laughs> yes, no, thank you. Uh, you know I'm an avid reader. 
I have a voracious appetite for information, so I will uh, will look at those. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. You know, you mentioned propaganda. How, how does Fox use uh, questions for their propaganda? Well, I'll just take a minute here because then we need to get to our wonderful guest. But, um, you know, Fox News, even though it has news in its name, it's not a news station. Um, as we know, it was always meant to be a propaganda entity, so news was part of that. Fox News doesn't have an ethics department, as all uh, journalistic organizations do, from the New York Times to NBC or CNN, CNN. And they don't follow journalistic principles. So when the Dr. Seuss uh, cult, uh, cancel culture started, they were showing books on screen that weren't going to be unpublished. You know, they, they were showing books that were being published. They have no, no um, responsibility around that. His goal also was for the viewer to start believing that other media wasn't trustworthy. So in uh, Gabe Sherman's book, he said, quote, in a feat of message messaging jujitsu, the slogan fair and balanced inferred the idea that rival networks practice partisan spin when it was quite the opposite. And I saw that myself when I was in the gym one day and the banner on the Fox News TV said fake news versus Fox News and the Chiron. And so it meant Everybody else is fake except Fox. So wow, that's amazing. I know. Um, I, I, of course, have some more, but right now we'll do our station identification. You're listening to Be Bold America on KSQD 90.7 FM. Many voices function. Listen globally online from the ksqd.org homepage. You can listen to Be Bold America podcast from any device. Go to ksqd.org or at your favorite podcast platform. Here with my host, Pettis Perry, I'm Jill Cody. Try to see it my way. What to be features college students interviewing creative, surprising, passionate people about their careers. If you have ever wondered what to be, please join us Sundays, 7 p.m., K-Squid, 90.7 FM. Today, our topic is cancel culture, weaponizing voting, Dr. Seuss, Democrats, and pizza. Our guest today is Parker Malloy. She's an editor-at-large at Media Matters, where she's worked since September 2018. She has a bachelor's degree in arts, entertainment, and media management from Columbia College, Chicago. She previously worked, up, worked at Upworthy as a senior writer. One of her most recent Media Matter articles, the one we'll be discussing today, is... Fox News, Dr. Seuss' obsession reveals the dishonest desperation of the right-wing war on cancel culture. Hey, Parker, um, are you there? Uh, hey, can you hear me? I sure can. Excellent. Yay. Excellent. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works, and welcome. So before we start talking about your article, just give us a minute on who Media Matters is and what do they do and how can people... Join and get your newsletter, that sort of thing. Sure, sure. Um, so, Media Matters is a um, is a left leaning um, uh, watchdog media watchdog organization, basically. So, one thing we do is we we watch a lot of right wing media, whether it's Fox News or listening to right wing podcasts or YouTube videos. 
reading Breitbart and Daily Caller and all all of those those types of websites. No, my, you have my to, sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, uh, to to correct some of the the misinformation out there, or at least you know provide provide an alternate viewpoint because that that's that's kind of the thing. As as you were saying in the um, leading up to this, it was it's sort of that Fox News taking a a very propaganda e type approach to everything really so um in recent years we've, we've kind of branched out to to monitor broader uh media mm. so uh, was media matters started by david brooks wasn't he formerly a republican uh, you know, I I think it was uh, David Brock. Brock, uh, I'm sorry, was, yeah, Brock. Thank yeah, you he, for correcting me. <laughs> he um, and uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not not sure exactly on the the total origin story there, but yeah, I, I, his his story was something along the lines of he was he was very conservative and was kind of really involved in the the right wing messaging machine kind of thing and had a big change of heart and yes. sort of wanted to combat what he helped build, I guess. But I, I've never met him, and um, <laughs> I, I don't think he's he, he hasn't been involved in the, in, in the organization for a while. Well, I do understand he did start it because of an yes. epiphany he had about his role in creating the propaganda and wanted to, <laughs> uh, uh, to counter it. And one of your sentences might have been right at the top of the article. I just it really... You said it beautifully and succinctly, and I want to read it. Uh, you wrote, to watch Fox News is to be immersed in a bizarre alternate reality ruled by tyrannical leftists who are obsessed with eliminating America's most treasured cultural artifacts, a world in which cancel culture ranks as a high priority in the mind of the average voter. It's a world of perpetual anger and grievance. I <laughs> thought that was beautifully said. I oh, could have thanks. written it better myself. So... Uh, tell us uh, more about what you wrote in in your sure. article. So, so this article um, you know, about Dr. Seuss, basically. So, what what happened? Just just a very quick background on um, the the whole Dr. Seuss controversy, I guess, um, is basically on um, Read Across America Day, which uh, happens to be Dr. Seuss's birthday. That's that. Those are things that are typically tied to tied together, and so. Um, on, on Read Across America Day, Doc, Dr. Seuss Enterprises, which is the, the group that owns the rights to all of Dr. Seuss's books, said they put out a statement saying, hey, we've decided to stop, stop publishing these six books. And they were, uh, they, they were lesser known Dr. Seuss books, basically. And, and so what happened was, you know, these were... They they had very sort of problematic r racial depictions in them, and and so basically they decided to stop publishing them. Um, but they've been in print for sixty years or whatever. So if if you haven't had a chance to pick them up, I'm sure there are copies out there. Um, and then so Fox, I think they've been flying the off the shelves. By the way, that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and and you know, it's it's not the Grinch, Grinch who stole Christmas or Cat in the Hat or Hop on Pop or any any of the like the well known ones. These were sort of 
you know, he wrote something like six, 60 odd books. So, wow. um, these, these were not the, these are not the well-known ones that have been turned into movies and cartoons and all of that. But so Fox, Fox basically took this story and started covering it obsessively. And the, the ar- argument here was that this, this, uh, mob of politically correct, um, people on the left must have have forced Dr. forced Dr. Seuss Enterprises to take the to to take those books out of um, production and to to no longer let those those out in the world. And they covered the story over and over and over. And it came a week after they had just run. S- segments on things like um, The Muppet Show was added to Disney Plus, the streaming service, which is great. First time uh, The Muppet Show has been widely available in a long time. And at the start of a few episodes, they they have like a, a something like a 10 second little disclaimer just saying, hey, some things didn't age well, but just, you know, we're leaving them in there, FYI, for, you know, context and you know, there were things like uh, Johnny Cash singing in front of a Confederate flag or something like that. So uh, they they did that, and Fox kind of freaked out over that. And then a few days later, um, Hasbro, the the toy company, they put out a press release saying that basically what they were doing is they were they were taking the the Mister Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head toys mm-hmm. and putting them under a broader Potato Head. Um, family sort of uh, heading. So basically, Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head still exist, but it's part of a larger group that they're just calling Potato Head. And so that got kind of misconstrued as them saying that Mr. Potato Head is no longer going to exist or something along those lines, or that they were eliminating Mr. Potato Head's gender. And I realize how ridiculous all of this sounds. <laughs> um, but for Fox, that was the, these, these were very serious matters that they were covering um, over, and devoting a lot of time to. It was, it was odd. And I, watching it, they just as of yesterday... There were still segments showing up on on Fox about Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head and the Muppets, and this is their whole thing now. They they obsess over cancel culture, which the the idea here is people will complain that something and that happened in the past is racist or sexist or homophobic or what have you, and then will um, demand that it be taken down and eliminated and pulled from from public viewing and it's it's treated as as this problem that's been created by the left um to try to to try to silence uh conservatives and take away these things that are very very important and it it kind of ties back into how social media companies had been um like uh, donald trump got kicked off of twitter and so they were saying that's an example of cancel culture because he's the president and he shouldn't have been pulled off of Twitter no matter what he did. And there, there's a whole argument to be had there about whether or not that was the right idea for Twitter to, to do. Um, but they tried to turn that into a big cancel culture sort of um, story. But if you look into it, the... Um, the, the 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 story of cancel culture essentially 
um, really ties way back to conservatives themselves. I mean, going into going into the Iraq War, you had the Dixie Chicks who who criticized President Bush, and they were oh yes, I remember of, that now. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. bl- blacklisted. And then at the beginning of the Trump administration, you had uh, comedian Kathy Kathy Griffin had that that uh, mini scandal where she she had a a head a, a fake head of Trump that was covered in paint red paint or something and people were like how dare you suggest that he be beheaded which is kind of i mean obviously she was she was doing it for you know it was symbolic it wasn't actually a threat to behead the president um but but they pretty much got got she got fired from cnn doing their um their new year's show and she had to kind of disappear and she was the subject of uh, uh, Secret Service investigations and the FBI, and she was on no-fly lists and, and stuff like that. So these these things happen all the time, where people on the right will see something, they will be outraged outraged about something, and then they will um, they'll demand that it just be you know eliminated or you know pushed out of out of society, which. In general, is fair, is fine. People can people can argue that something is bad and shouldn't exist. Even you know, I can say, you know, I, I can see a TV show and go, this TV show is terrible. I have no idea why it's even on the air. You know, wh- whatever it is that I'm watching. But you know, at the same time, it's like because that's me using my my First Amendment, you know, right to free speech to criticize something. And so what they basically have tried to argue in recent, um, you know, in recent years has been this, this idea that people can't, people shouldn't criticize anything because they're trying to silence someone else. But it's, it's just, once you start getting into that, it becomes this battle of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because yes, there will be things that happen on, um, happen that upset people on the left and they want to, uh, you know, get someone get someone fired for saying something, you know, for making a homophobic comment or a racist comment. And yes, there will be something that will happen, um, you know, that will upset conservatives. So these things happen. But Fox has taken this laser, you know, this laser focused approach, approach to it and really branded this as a problem that is coming exclusively from the left, which is which is an issue. I mean, because because they've created this this idea that that um, it, you know if you don't adhere to every single viewpoint that is accepted by people on the left, that you are you you will be driven out of society, and you know all this doom and gloom kind of you know kind of, kind of thing. And I tried to push back on that in in my article about you know Fox News obsession, and what I found. Was that you know? It's 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 one of those things that you know. If you can, um, you know, obsessing over these really non-issues. This is not something a news news organization should be covering, generally speaking, um, and, and especially covering all day every day. Um, but you know, obsessing over these lies and non-issues, you know, it's really a way to distract people from you know, uh, news that doesn't fit their political agenda. I mean, 
COVID-19 cases are rapidly declining. Um, looks like we're, we have more, you know, we're ahead of schedule on vaccines, you know, and um, the stimulus package that just passed by Democrats is one of the most popular bills in decades. So uh, it's, it's something where when news is bad for Republicans, they try to distract people from what is happening. And that's, that's kind of Fox's M.O., they they will not tell you, but not that's, spend a lot of time talking about about that. Yeah, that's a shining object yeah. syndrome. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, that's good. You know, just look over here, shiny, shiny. Uh, yeah. Well, after our next um, uh, station break, you mentioned about un- it's um, important to understand the sources of misplaced outrage, and I wanted to ask you what those were. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to Be Bold America on KSQD 90.7 FM. Our topic is cancel culture, weaponizing voting, Dr. Seuss, Democrats, and pizza. Here with co-host Pettis Perry, I'm Jill Cody. Hello, K-Squid listeners. I'm Todd Hartman, and each weekday at 4 p.m., I bring you a different perspective on the news than you're likely to hear on most media outlets. Please join me on KSQD Santa Cruz, your ink spot on the dial for the Tom Hartman program. Heard now for the first time ever in the Monterey Bay area at 90.7 FM, weekdays at 4 p.m. That's progressive talking conversation with me, Tom Hartman, weekdays at 4 p.m. on KSQD 90.7 FM. Tag, you're it. We're back, and we're speaking with Parker Malloy, editor-at-large with Media Matters, and we're discussing her article, Fox News, Dr. Seuss Obsession Reveals the Dishonest Desperation of the Right-Wing Cancel Culture. So um, one thing, one observation I wanted to make, uh, Parker, is that, Mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Seuss, those decisions were made by a private entity that was responsible uh, for managing Dr. Seuss's legacy, and... The decision was made during the Trump era. Twitter, uh, that's a private business. Uh, mm-hmm. They made their decision. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, Hasbro, I think, is there. It's a private business. A corporation made the decision. So, you know, I thought Republicans were supported corporate private enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that there, there's a lot that is a... Uh, you know the way that the way that Fox and other right wing outlets will kind of deliver deliver news to their their audiences. They 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 kind of gloss over some of the stuff like that. Um, you know about how this was. You know, no one was there was there wasn't some big campaign to um, you know uh, to to eliminate various books by you know Doctor Doctor Seuss. That wasn't that wasn't something that they weren't pub- there wasn't public pressure to to um, stop printing six of those books. That's just something that Dr. Seuss Enterprises did, which if you think about it was probably, you know, it makes sense for them as a business, you know, to, to try to protect the legacy of Dr. Seuss. You know, obviously Dr. Seuss would much rather, you know, they would much rather that Dr. Seuss be remembered as, you know, the, the author of, um, you know the the author of uh, Cat in a Hat or you know Green Eggs and Ham, rather than oh the the guy who drew a a really kind of in hindsight not so great you know depiction of Asian people or African Americans you know these 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 sort of things there there are just things that don't age well and I think that we we all kind of understand 
understand that. I mean, mm-hmm. I've written things that, that I look back on and I'm like, ah, I, you know, I wish that I, you know, I, I wish I worded something differently. <laughs> you know, I, I once, I once interviewed the comedian, uh, Sarah Silverman. She said, said to me, because I asked her about how she used to have, you know, a lot of, a lot of her jokes were very, um, pr- provocative, very, very, you know, some people would be offended by them. And so one thing she said, because her, her comedy changed over the years, and she said that when she looks back at her work from, you know, a decade ago, uh, that she, she cringes thinking about that and, and, and looking at that. And she hopes that she always cringes when she thinks back, you know, several years, because that shows that there's growth. And I think that that's a really interesting way to... That's a very good point. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's, it's that sort of idea with, you know, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss really changed over time. I mean, um, before he was writing children's books, he was writing political, political cartoons, Mm -hmm. um, which some of the, some of them were amazing and great. And really, um, he had, he had a big issue with the America first movement, which, which is funny that that, that is what the Trump campaign kind of, uh, picked back up. Well, but I think he, he related it to uh, Hitler's uh, Germany yeah. first. Uh, right. Well, yeah. Motto. That, that was, and that yeah. was that was kind of, you know, what Dr. Seuss would do. But then he also had some that were, you know, defending the uh, defending Japanese internment, which obviously is not something that, you know, that that aged well at the time. It wasn't great, but it's definitely not something that he wanted to be known for. And so he, he wrote all these other books, these you know, to to try to spread a message of inclusivity and and whatnot, and I'm pretty sure that if if Dr. Seuss Enterprises was you know had the option to print his old super offensive you know political cartoons or to not do that, they would choose not to do that. You so, can go on their website and you don't see those things. And people curate their own sort of experiences. So, Parker, what uh, what are the sources of misplaced outrage that we should understand? Sure. Well, I think what happens a lot of times is, is there will be, something will be picked up on social media. Someone on Twitter will notice something. And then they will, they will, post it to their blog, which makes it to Fox. And then Fox is really the center of this sort of um, the right-wing media ecosystem, which there's really nothing on the left that, that compares to it because they can do this thing where they can echo a, a story over and over and over and to keep it in the news for, you know, for weeks at a time if they want, while you know, you don't see that on CNN or MSNBC or ABC or any of the other, um, you know, mainstream news outlets. And it's really this whole network of Fox and, you know, Breitbart and, you know, the right wing um, talk radio sort of, you know, Rush Limbaugh um, up until obviously recently. Um, you know, it's it's just this kind of echo chamber that they have telling them what they should be mad about and what they should care about. And I think we, we've sort of seen this in recent days with this, with this renewed sort of focus on, um, on the border and, you know, with this big push to, you know, say, try to get the Biden administration to, to say that it's a crisis. They really want, want him to say it's a crisis. And it's the same sort of thing that happened during the Obama administration when they were really pushing him to say, 
why won't he say radical Islamic terrorism? That was their big, big pushback then. And it's just this, and they focus on these code words, you know, these, these, these special phrases, say radical Islamic terrorism, say border crisis, say, you know, whatever it may be. And all of it is very narrative driven. So it's, it's, it's through repetition that they get their message through and they can essentially poison any debate, any topic that they want, any piece of legislation. They can just keep hammering it home lies about it. Well, they just try to keep yeah. uh, creating moral panic. Exactly. Exactly. Just, uh, you know, moral panic. You've got to be uh, frightened about this, fear this, uh, be outraged, uh, uh, feel like somebody's taking something away from you, the, your victim. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it, it is, you know, as as I wrote in the piece, it is really just this, you know, if if Fox is the only place that you get your news and for the most part, the people who watch Fox and trust Fox for their news, they only trust Fox. They they are very distrustful of other news outlets, which is not the same thing that happens when you poll people who watch CNN as their primary source of news. Fox viewers have been conditioned, as you were as you were saying, you know, in the intro to this, about you know, be distrustful of everyone else. We're the ones telling you the truth. You can't trust any. You, you can't trust the outside world. Fake news uh, versus Fox yeah. news. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Did you see the brainwashing of my dad by Jen Senko, Parker? No, no. But it's you know, I I've, I I read about that. Well, I would rec- about that. highly recommend yeah. it to listeners and to uh, and to you. Yeah. Uh, it is an amazing documentary because here's her father who she deeply loved. He got a new job that required him to drive the car a lot, and he started mm-hmm. listening to Rush Limbaugh and then turned on Fox News at home, and she and her mother started seeing a change in him. And uh, and he turned into a not very nice person, and would re, re uh, regurgitate the talking points from the right wing. The hours and hours he listened in the car and the and the um, uh, um, you know Fox News and would re- regurgitate the talking points. And they were just you know uh, uh, felt a deep loss, grieved uh, for him because he was a very nice, loving man and. And she explains all that in the documentary. And how they brought him back was they they moved and they told him that the cable company didn't have Fox News. And uh, the mother went into his computer and got rid of all the uh, email accounts that (laughs) supported the right-wing world. And he, by this time, I guess they moved because he retired, so he wasn't in the car. And he returned to the person he was. Um, and very loving and more uh, tolerant of people of color and, you know, all of that. And they got him back, but they had to cut the cord. And I just thought, wow, the grip that Fox yeah. News has. Well, and, and it's, it's the same, same basic idea that you, you, you see with, um, you know, social media. It's this idea of keeping people constantly attached to, to the, you know, check your Facebook, check your Twitter, check your, you know, like all of these different accounts, like people are constantly going back and forth and then getting these little, little, um, you know, they'll say something really provocative and they'll get a bunch of replies and that's, you know, tells their brain to, you know, be excited basically. And And, and clicks are money. (laughs) It's also money. 
Exactly. So, I mean, you know, with when it when it comes to news, when it comes to understanding the world, it's good to obviously have a, a wide, wide variety of sources, you know, and, and anyone who is, you know, really dug into this whole, you know, Fox News, Rush Limbaugh, you know, conservative talk radio, YouTubes, that, that, that sort of stuff. It's, it's really kind of, it's walling people off into this, their own sort of corner of the world. And, and there, there are things on the left that are comparable, um, but on a much, much smaller scale because there's no mainstream, there's no Fox News sized, um, you know, outlet on the left doing that sort of thing. Right. But there are, you know, podcasts and YouTube channels, but, I think that the issue is just really kind of walling yourself off into this this world where you have people who will tell you what you believe. You know, every every suspicion you have is true. You you everything you think is correct. And in fact it's even worse. Mm-hmm. And then they'll kind of, you know, heap heap onto that. And that's that's kind of what Fox does. And that's what, you know, a lot of the more um panicky kind of right-wing you know media content is i call it the armor bubble because you just can't even poke a hole in it i have a i really like uh, my webmaster for my personal uh, website i really like him Uh, he loves his cat puppy he does he has a great laugh we have great conversations and he's on the right coast in florida and i'm on the left coast and when we start talking politics uh, there, he he watches Newsmax, and there's no way I could uh, drill a hole into that that armor bubble around him. And he Newsmax thinks that I've else. been, yeah, I think he thinks I've been uh, lied to, and that I'm living in an armor bubble, and and I think he is. And there's just there isn't any way around that. And you were talking about that wall, and I did mm-hmm. want to uh, ask uh, in the uh, minute or two we have. Is you know there used to be before sixty minutes, there was a firewall between the news organization and the rest of a station, whether it was a radio station or a television station. There was a news wall because they didn't want uh, news to be um, pressured in any way by sponsors or uh, forced to say things that might not be accurate. There was that firewall. It was a principle mm-hmm. of journalism. Uh, and it just seems to me we need to advocate for that again. Uh, they make terrific profits in uh, the news media these days. They can they can let news be a loss leader, and and start start people understanding what the truth is. Is Media Matters working on anything like that? Um, I one one thing that we have at at, at Media Matters just kind of as a general. Um, you know, our, our, our general, um, one of our projects is basically um, this un, Unfox My Cable Box is, is, is the name of this, and it's unfoxmycablebox.com. So basically what it, what it is is it's this, it's this, um, this website that, that basically tells you how to contact the, um, the cable companies that you have, you know, the, your cable provider, and to ask them to not carry Fox News because you, really what is happening is Fox is losing a lot of sponsors um, when they have someone like Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram 
but they're doing okay financially because we're all paying to keep Fox on the That's air. That's right. Because we pay the cable company. Because you know? Rupert Murdoch made sure it was in that package. Well, Parker, you know, uh, this has just been fascinating. I could go on and on. I, I think, you know, the point about... Um, they're getting people this moral panic and taking away your life and your lifestyle and what all you hold dear and feeding that scarcity mentality overlaid with the outrage and grievance creates a really dangerous formula. And uh, I I don't know. I, I think Fox News ha- and the rest of the right-wing media really needs to be dealt with. And it's a very, very big problem. So I love Media Matters. Um, uh, listeners, go to unfoxmycablebox.com, mediamatters.org. Uh, Parker, um, thank you for your time, and keep up the good work. It's really been an honor. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thanks, Parker. You're listening to Be Bold America on KSQD 90.7 FM, Many Voices, One Station. Listen globally online from the KSQD homepage. If you want to contact either Pettis or myself or have ideas for the show, you can email either of, either of us at info at ksqd.org. Buddhism, Judaism, Baha'i, Islam, Christianity, Hinduism. Sound interesting? Faith Matters is a unique bi-monthly program that explores spirituality, life, and meaning with local religious leaders. We discuss areas of common ground and also identify distinct differences among diverse spiritual perspectives. Join us on the second and fourth Sunday evening of every month from 6 to 7 as we have thought-provoking conversations about Faith Matters on 90.7 KSQD. Pettis, uh, today our topic is uh, cancel culture, weaponizing, voting, Dr. Seuss, Democrats, and pizza. And I know you were listening to the conversation there. And one of the things that we like to talk about is, you know, how to create a more meaningful life and a principle-centered life. And I just, how does cancel culture or Fox News lead to a more principle-centered life? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it it could cause you to uh, really rethink uh, how you're living if you don't buy the, you know, take the bait. Um, you know, Fox is an entertainment outlet. It's not a news outlet. So if people are looking at Fox for news, they're not going to get it. They're going to get, uh, you know, more of what they already believe. And I think that's at least part of what I heard uh, from Parker. Um, that's a fascinating uh, conversation, Jill. Thank you uh, for uh, doing such a good job with it. Oh, thank you. Know, you. I, I, I do have a couple of thoughts, if you don't mind. Of Can I share those now? Yeah, of course. Go for it. Well, you know, as I was sitting there listening and thinking about cancel culture and what it means um, to me, uh, it, it seems that, you know, we need to get real with this. And, you know, I don't know about you, but from where I sit, the right projects their actions onto the left by accusing the left of the very things they themselves are doing. Mm-hmm. They're projecting. Uh, Trump was a master at doing it. Uh, and they use cancel culture to suit their needs. It's all about it's all about grievance and really nothing to do about the collective we. And that's really the tragic part. You know, their their whole mantra is to demonize the opposition and to see the opposition as enemy. Uh, and the first thing they talked about uh, when uh, Trump was first being 
uh, accused of uh, during the impeachment. And you started hearing people on the right talking about uh, exercising their Second Amendment rights, which they did on uh on uh, January 6th, you know, we, as you were talking and, and with, uh, with Parker, you know, you, you mentioned the, the 253 or so legislative me uh, measures in some 43 states. To cancel direct, votes. Mm -hmm. To cancel votes, specifically at making it more difficult for people of color, the poor, disabled, and military to vote. That's what cancel culture looks like, to me at least. You know, it's the ultimate cancel culture strategy for by disenfranchising targeted groups with specific intention of taking away their rights to vote and doing so while they're also blaming those very same targeted groups for acts uh, that were perpetrated by organized, well-funded coalitions on the right who are themselves actively and openly uh, engaging in those cancel culture behaviors. And I think you've got to that when you were talking about uh, the issues uh, in Georgia. So, I, you know, I think we have our, our work cut out for us. Um, you know, we're seeing what institutionalized racism looks like, what class warfare looks like, you know, what supremacy and discrimination and domination look like. That's what cancel culture is about. It's, you know, it's one group uh, taking away things from another group so that they can control them. You know, if the Republicans had uh, a great platform that they could offer people, they would do much better in elections without all of the the, uh, the machinations they go through to keep people away from the ballot. And that's really the issue. You know, all this other stuff is really, it, it's window dressing. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, tying it to the attack on the Capitol, I... Um, when I when I was studying uh, up for this interview, one of the things that Roger Ailes wanted to create with Fox News was a self-contained thought system that made mocking of liberals fun, and uh, he believed that Fox didn't need to relate both sides of a story, just the other side. So, what is the other side? Anything that Roger Ailes um, uh, or Rupert Murdoch uh, thinks needs to be said. So they created a self-contained thought system to mock liberals, but it went way past mocking liberals. You know, Roger Ailes was uh, heard to say um, he hated Democrats because they hate America. They hate capitalism. And he said this literally, Roger Ailes said, beat the shit out of them. Well, you know, viewers have heard this attitude for 20 years on Fox. Um, the, a subliminal message, if not outright messaging. And he was very successful in creating this self-contained thought system to a point, I think, that it played a significant role in the January 6th attack on the Capitol. You know, his goal to mock Democrats passed fun to demonization a long time ago and, and created the enemy. And that's, you know, there they are yelling out Nancy Pelosi's name. Yeah, it's it really is. The first thing you do when you want to go to war is to demonize your enemy. And they have, as you noted uh, in your discussion with Parker uh, or before, that the, you know, the whole idea on the right is to make the opposition, the enemy. And and when you do that, then you have all of the tricks of the trade to uh, marginalize, dehumanize, and to feel good about what you're doing because you're, you know, you're uh, overcoming 
the enemy that you've created in your own mind. Uh, so it's a very dangerous proposition, uh, and it very well could lead to uh, more destructive behaviors. And at some point, you know, people on the left are not going to continue to just stand by. Uh, and allow these things to happen because we're talking about uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in very real terms. Well, you mentioned demonization, and um, Peter Slevin had a recent article in The New Yorker about the demonization of Democrats in the 2020 election, and he said the demonization and disinformation is still happening. And a quote from from that article, he said, a central lesson is that facts matter little when the opposition chooses demonization over debate and pivotal groups of voters stick to what they think they know. And that last point uh, struck me because um, sticking to what they think they know struck a chord because Roger Ailes, quote, quote, said, viewers don't want to be informed, they want to feel informed. Well, you know, there are people that want to be spoon-fed what, they should think. But I live in a world uh, in my professional work uh, as, you know, part of my job is to teach people how to think critically. And the idea of listening to one source for all of anything is not a good idea. We have to, if, if we're going to get at truth, and this is really what I think we're talking about here, truth doesn't matter to a large segment of the population. What matters is winning. It is the game. You can cheat, do whatever you have to do. Just win, baby. Just win. And that's problematic for a society because at that point, you have one group that's trying to talk and the other group that's trying to take. Well, Trump's father, Fred, taught Trump. Um, he said, and i, I got to make sure I get this right. There aren't uh, winners and losers. There are losers and killers. Yep. And that's, you know, that's an attitude that is completely destructive. You know, it's, it's, it, you, you can't tell your children that and then expect them to grow up to be human, uh, wholesome, uh, well-adjusted people. You just can't do it. I just, I feel actually some sympathy for the people that listen to right-wing media and the messages because it must make for a very unhappy life. When we're talking about creating a meaningful life, living in scarcity, living in fear, <laughs> Living angry, uh, living with outrage, uh, feeling like something's happened to you, but you and you know somebody did it, but you don't know who, and you lash out. Uh, I just—it's a very unhappy way to live. (laughs) Well, you know, people who are traumatized, and I'm not saying that everybody who's angry is traumatized, although. I, th- I think I could make a case that there's at least some trauma in the mix, uh, become angry. Anger is one of the uh, after effects of trauma. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've, you know, if you've been abused, assaulted, and things like that, you have a right to be upset, and you will get angry over time. The game in life is to work through that anger uh, and to try to find other ways of being. Because anger doesn't serve anybody well. No. And in fact, it's it's completely destructive. Now, now Pettis, listening to this, um, did you have some keep, stop, starts for our uh, listeners? Yeah, I do. Um, the ones for this week, you know, it's through activism that change occurs, 
right? So just look at what the people on the right are doing. They're very active uh, through whatever means they have, uh, and they're trying to push their agenda, and their agenda is taking up much of the oxygen that's in the air. We have about so 30 say, seconds, Pettis. I got it. Okay. Uh, so I, <laughs> so I keep close doing the show. There you go. Keep, keep an open mind. Stop doing, mm-hmm. pretending that these issues are someone else's problems to solve, and start doing pick your issue and actively get involved trying to create a new reimagined America that works for everybody. I love that. Um, I want to thank Be Bold America's program engineer, Christine Barrington and Howard Feldstein, KSQD's program director, and give another big thank you to today's terrific bold guest, Parker Malloy, editor-at-large with Media Matters. Coming next on Sunday, April 11th, We will have the pleasure of speaking with Captain Pete Bethune, discussing endangered species and finding life's meaning. This is a special Earth Day program, um, and our interview guest is the founder of the nonprofit Earth Race. Captain Pete Bethune is is from New Zealand. Uh, He has been run over by Japanese whalers, shot at by illegal gold miners, knifed in the chest while following illegal pet trade, and most recently nearly died after being bitten by South America's deadliest snake. We will chat with the captain to find out why he continues his conservation work when he and his team face such daunting risks and his philosophy to find a cause worth dying for, which is a TED Talk that he gave uh, not too long ago. So please join Pettis and me for this special Earth Day show on Sunday, April 11th at 5 p.m. You're listening to KSQD 90.7 FM, Santa Cruz. Many voices, one station. Listen worldwide online at ksqd.org. Stay tuned for Faith Matters with Seth Shapiro. My name is Jill Cody. And I'm Dr. Pettis Perry. Thank you for listening to Be Bold America. Until next time, keep, stop, start.